are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Brian Peacock here on a Thursday afternoon edition of the show, not the morning edition that you might be used to on Thursdays, but if you're a morning listener, maybe you'll catch it Friday morning and you'll have a pleasant surprise here as we're four days a week through the offseason. We're into the preseason now, which means we're getting very close to having five Locked On 49ers episodes every week, so we'll have both Thursday and Friday for you throughout the regular season. And a quick reminder that this podcast is brought to you in part by Greg's Tax Service. They are an honest, straightforward tax company. They've been in the business for 25 years, can help you with all of your tax needs, audit representation, unfiled returns, back taxes. Greg's Tax Service can help with IRS collection problems and audit representation. Find out more about Greg's Tax Service at gregstaxservice.com. On this very special Thursday afternoon episode, it's my 53-man roster projection, my first official roster projection here, and I think it's a good time to get into this. We'll have to do another one, and then the actual cutdown will happen on August 31st. And today, I guess we have to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo's five-interception day at practice this week, maybe the second Worst day he's had as a 49er. He's, he's had a pretty good run with the 49ers winning five straight. So no bad days in the 2017 season. In 2018, he did have the loss week one against the Vikings. Had a nice W, bounce back game week two against the Lions. And then obviously his worst day as a 49er, not only the loss to the Kansas City Chiefs, but the torn ACL. So this is at least the third worst day he's had as a 49er after his only two losses as a starting quarterback. And you might say to me, hey, Brian, what does it matter? It's practice. They're trying stuff out, throws a few picks, whatever, bad day of practice. Not a big deal at all. And I'm with you with that. And I, I completely, it's, it's, look, it's not a big deal at all. And I was thinking, okay, Kyle Shanahan, he's going to take the podium. He's going to have a good explanation about what happened. You know, not a big deal. It's practice, whatever. And this is what he had to say. He threw it to the wrong team five plays in a row. I was a defense coach today, so I was pumped. Um but now the defense did great today, and obviously he struggled. Um, you hope to never have a day like that, but um, I don't think it's never not happened to anyone. So when you do that, you hope you can practice long enough and give him a chance to play out of it and use it as an opportunity that hopefully you, you can do in a game. Like Hopefully you don't have five in the game, but you can play yourself out of two in a row or something like that. I thought he did play better at the end in the two-minute drive um, and in the red zone, but um, now that we, we hit a rough spot and happy for the defense, but the offense is going to have about a day and a half to think about it. So first of all, is Kyle Shanahan coaching the wrong side of the ball? Because if that, and please don't ever let Robert Sala coach the offense again, right? Uh, maybe something to that. I don't know. Uh, it's interesting that he throws five picks the day Robert Sala is coaching the offense, and then Shanahan's a defense comes up big, a couple of picks for more. One was Sherman, one was Witherspoon, and one was, uh, I can't remember who the fifth interception was of Garoppolo it was five straight pass attempts which is crazy was it DJ Reed I think it was DJ Reed was the fifth it was five straight pass attempts which is crazy but Shanahan didn't seem like it was no big deal there he, he said though yeah that's something you never want to happen talked about bouncing back from it you don't have to bounce back from something that's nothing and it's still not a big deal I don't think but Kyle Shanahan made it seem like it was something I mean it, it mattered so these reps matter 
you don't want your quarterback, your starting franchise quarterback, to be throwing interception after interception, five straight pass attempts picked off. So it's it's not a big deal, but it's not nothing. And you just hope you don't see that again. It's a little blip. And it's like, oh, yeah, I remember that one day in practice. He threw five interceptions, and there's it's well documented. There's a bunch of stuff on Twitter about, hey, Rodgers did have this one practice where he threw four interceptions or whatever, and Brady, you know. So it's like, it's not a big deal overall, but you hope it's not a signifying something that's not quite clicking with the 49ers' offense. That's all. And I guess quarterback's a great place to start. Let's project the 49ers' final 53-man roster here before we get into preseason game number two. And the first man cut is Jimmy Garoppolo. Five picks in one practice, you get cut. No. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's QB1, still have all the confidence in the world of Jimmy Garoppolo, despite having a, a very bad practice this week. I'm sure he'll have some nice practices in Denver against the Broncos before they take on the Broncos Monday night. So Garoppolo's QB1, to me, it's very simple. There's no argument. There's no battle for the second quarterback spot. If you listen to this show, you know it's Mullins. It, Mullins is the guy. Mullins is the backup quarterback. The question here is, do you keep three quarterbacks in the roster? And that decision is very simple for me. The answer is no. And it's an easy no, and it's because, look, I've talked about Jimmy Garoppolo's bad days. He hasn't had that many bad days as quarterback of the 49ers. He's 6-2 and two overall as a starting quarterback. When Jimmy Garoppolo has started games, he's 6-2. and two. When C.J. Beathard has started games with the same talent, the same roster over the same years, he's 1-9 and nine as a starter. And I'm not a QB wins guy at all, but usually when people bring up quarterback wins stats, there are different teams, different years, these are the same years with the same team. And it's not just the wins, it's how it's looked. Every time the 49ers have played in a C.J. Beather started game, it doesn't look like a team that is capable of, of winning. And they don't win. And it doesn't look like a team's going to get better the next week and potentially could win. Jimmy Garoppolo's teams have looked so much different. There's a massive gap there. And in between those two is Nick Mullins. And Nick Mullins has very clearly, completely outplayed C.J. Beathard. Again, when he takes over with the same team, with the same talent, they're just a much more competitive team. So the argument for me is keeping two quarterbacks is you could keep an extra running back. You could keep an extra wide receiver. You could keep an extra defensive lineman, of which the team has a ton. I mean, they're stacked on the defensive line. You can really help yourself out on the roster by keeping a player that might play a little bit, might play some special teams, might be a developmental player that's a future starter that you're able to keep. Maybe it's a linebacker. Maybe it's undrafted free agent Aziz Alshair, who looked really awesome in that game in, in some very limited time, and I'd like to see more of him throughout the preseason, and I think we will. But keeping C.J. Beathard, how does that help your football team if when he's playing quarterback for you, you're not, you know, you're basically doomed? I mean... I don't want to crush C.J. Beathard, and there's some qualities about his game and about him that I like, and I'm sure that the team likes him, and they like having him in the in the locker room. But he's your third quarterback. At that point, when you're down to your third quarterback, I don't know what the 49ers expect to do as a team. He's not going to Nick Foles your way into a Super Bowl victory. So utilize that roster spot for something that could potentially help you down the road, give you depth as a football team. A player that could help you right away, even as a reserve that's maybe playing special teams. And maybe you could find even a trade partner, a team that liked C.J. Beathard, who was a third-round draft pick. Or if not, you just have to cut the guy, and it might be difficult. They spent a high pick on him, but you got to swallow your pride there. And to me, I don't see any plus side of keeping C.J. Beathard, because we've seen enough C.J. Beathard, and we know who he is. And if you're at the point where you're starting your third-string quarterback, 
then you might as well just bring up someone from the practice squad, whether it's Wilton Spades or another player they like that they bring in who was cut from another team. Let that guy get some time. Maybe you develop, maybe you find a hidden gem there. And basically at that point, you're probably not expecting to win some games. And maybe even CJ Beathard makes it through waivers. Maybe he's even on your practice squad. Who knows? I mean, I don't know how many teams around the league are going to be falling all over themselves to add CJ Beathard. And if you can trade him, great. If he gets picked up by another team, I'm okay with that. And that's kind of the thing. You're okay with cutting the guys that you're okay with getting picked up for another team and they never play for you again. And now, I'll be honest, I don't think this is the way it's going to go, but this is absolutely the way I would do it because I just think that extra roster spot could be put to better use. Okay, we got to move on from quarterback. Got a lot of position groups to get to here on the 53-man roster projection. Are you losing sleep at night over your unfiled tax returns or the large amount you owe the IRS or any other state tax agency? Does it feel like you're trapped and that these tax problems will never go away? Are you worried the IRS will garnish your bank account or your wages? Be free and put these tax problems behind you. Greg's Tax Service is your local tax resolution specialist. Greg's Tax Service has been in business for over 25 years and is passionate about helping clients resolve their tax issues and get them all the deductions and credits they are entitled to when preparing their tax returns. Call or text Greg's Tax Service at 925-778-4871 to set up an appointment to find out the best options available to free you from your tax problems. Again, that's 925-778-4871 or make an appointment online at gregstaxservice.com. And if you qualify, they can help you settle with the IRS for less than the full amount you owe. Remember, Greg's Tax Service, for all your tax needs, Greg's Tax Service is your local tax advocate, standing up and defending the rights of taxpayers. Running back is another difficult one, and it was difficult already. Now it looks like Jarek McKinnon might go on to IR, and I think it's a smart thing to do. He's having knee pain on his surgically repaired knee. He's all about athleticism. That's where his value comes from as a football player. So put him on IR. Get him well. Make sure these extra eight weeks help him. Even if he's ready four weeks from now, give him those extra four weeks. Give him that extra two months to get healthy, be right, so he is actually 100% right when he's back on the field, confident on that leg to do the things that you brought him in to do. And we know this is the NFL running back. The attrition level at running back is crazy in the NFL. Someone's going to be hurt by week eight. You bring him off IR to return, and there's your reserves. It's almost like you made a midseason trade, and you had plugged in this fresh-legged person who's now healthy and can help you out in both the run game and the passing game. But then that still even adds an extra layer of difficulty to... The running back position, how many do you keep? Do you still keep four running backs? Do you keep Jeff Wilson on the roster along with, obviously, it's Coleman, it's Breida, it's Mostert, Kyle Juszczyk, if you group him in with the running backs there, there's four. So I think you can keep five running backs, including the fullback, or do you keep only those three running backs and then Juszczyk? Jeff Wilson, I think, played good enough last year that he proved he deserves a spot on an NFL roster. So I think Jeff Wilson is one of those players. And I talked about it with C.J. Beathard. Jeff Wilson, you cut him, I, I think he's, there's a good chance he gets picked up. And by the end, by, by October or by August 31st, someone's going to be hurt somewhere in the NFL. Jeff Wilson put together enough good tape that he'll get picked up. So I don't think Jeff Wilson is a possibility to get stashed on the practice. I mean, I guess the possibility he gets stashed on the practice squad. I think it's very unlikely. So... Do you keep Jeff Wilson? Do you keep four running backs? 
and you have Raheem Mostert, who is your special teams guy. And then on game days, usually you only have three that are active. So it would be Coleman, Breida, Mostert. And then you would have Jeff Wilson not dressing up and he would be your extra guy. And then, you know, if somebody's banged up, you put Wilson in there and maybe have the other guys sit and be in plain clothes if they get hurt. That's the way I would do it. So I would actually still keep four running backs and I would let Jeff Wilson make the team there and just make sure that you have a strength on the roster. You have some depth. Make sure you continue to have that depth and that strength and you have some players that could give you some value on game days. And if worse comes to worse and maybe maybe McKinnon never gets healthy and he has to stay on IR the whole year and you never bring him back after week eight, then you have that guy, Jeff Wilson, who's proven he can carry the ball for you and and do some things. And so I want to see Jeff Wilson play a little bit more in this preseason, but I liked what I saw from him last year. And I like the 49ers position group at running back. I want to keep it deep. I want to keep it strong. We saw what happened last year and you would hope to not have to do that again and not have to be scraping by mid or the end of the season. And that brings us to the tight end position. And it's a weird position because you have your clear guy, George Kittle, franchise dude, has done things at the tight end position last year that have never been done, let alone for the 49ers, but in NFL history. And then after him, there is a number of players that you could argue for. But right now it's Ross Dwelly. Ross Dwelly is not only someone you can't cut, he's flat out won the number two tight end job to this point. And look, we're still working on somewhat of a small sample, I think for for fans and people on the outside looking in, it's a small sample or it's a smaller sample than it actually is for the decision makers and the coaching staff who have been working with these guys every day. They know what's going on behind the scenes. And I think it's pretty safe to say Ross Dwell is your, your number two tight end. And I guess you could keep more than three tight ends, but that's what I've got them penciled in with is three tight ends. And so Who's going to be that third guy? I think you need a really good blocker, the block first type of tight end. I think Garrett Selleck would have been, obviously, the player the 49ers kept. He is on IR, and you hope he can come back. It's a career-threatening situation with his back. He's going to start the season at least on IR. And so I think it's Levine Toilolo is the guy because when the 49ers had their first snap of their first preseason game, it was actually both Ross Dwelly and Levine Toilolo that were on the field. And I would be surprised if that's not the top three right now on the depth chart, which means Caden Smith is the guy who gets cut and he's your rookie sixth round pick. And you never want to be cutting your, your rookies, your, the guys you just drafted. The question is, can you sneak them onto the practice squad? And I think there is potential to sneak Caden Smith onto the practice squad, but it would be a gamble cutting him. And then again, the question is, is, the short term of Levine Toilolo enough keeping him if you need that block first tight end, someone you know that can protect your quarterback, that can really do a number in the in the run game as that inline traditional tight end for what you think. I mean, you drafted Caden Smith for a reason. How much do you like him? Do you think his future is worth that if someone else picks him up and stashes him on their roster? Or do you think you are willing to take that gamble and put him on the, the practice squad. And for me, I'm willing to take that gamble. So Caden Smith, it's difficult to cut your sixth-round draft pick, but Caden Smith gets cut in this projection, and you hopefully can sneak him onto that 10-man practice squad. Wide receiver. Wide receiver is too close to call right now. I'm going to make my calls. So I think more people have locked in spots since training camp started, which makes 
the competition for the last couple of spots more difficult, but it makes the first few spots a lot easier. So going on what we've seen so far, Trent Taylor had the best camp. Now he's hurt, which complicates things, but obviously you're not going to cut Dante Pettis, second rounder last year. You're not going to cut Debo Samuel or Jalen Hurd, second and third rounders this year. So those guys are on the roster. Trent Taylor had done plenty to be a lock as your number one slot player. And he's already got such a good rapport with Jimmy Garoppolo, and he's been heavily targeted by Garoppolo in camp. So Taylor's going to make the roster, but his latest toe injury means his first couple of weeks of the season are in doubt. So the question is, who's the number one slot player when Taylor is out? And I think it's going to be very telling in the next few preseason games. I'm going to be watching closely who Kyle Shanahan puts in there in that rotation in that F wide receiver position because if he believes Hurd is is ready to go as a rookie and has shown enough to be your big slot wide receiver, then you don't need Jordan Matthews maybe. But if Jordan Matthews is your number one slot guy now since Trent Taylor's hurt, then it's going to be more difficult to cut Jordan Matthews. And Jordan Matthews was the guy who was playing in the slot with Taylor out in that first preseason game. And then you have Richie James, who was the next slot guy up after Hurd at the end of that preseason game. And Richie James has so much ability in other areas. He can play outside. He can play inside. He can play on coverage teams. He can play as, and I think he's going to win the number one return job, at least at kick returner, and maybe punt returner too. So a lot of value and versatility in Richie James. So to me, I've got to include Richie James on the roster. If you listen to the show, you know I like Richie James, and I believe in him, and he's someone I think worth keeping and developing because of all the things he can do. Now, Marquise Goodwin, if... I'm reading things correctly. He wasn't playing in that last game, but I've got to believe right now he's your starting X wide receiver. You're not going to cut your starting X wide receiver. So you got to keep Marquise Goodwin. And if you're keeping Goodwin and you're keeping Taylor and you're keeping James and you already had three locks with your young draft picks, that's six. So you're kind of done. So the only question here is, are you okay with the combination of Hurd and Richie James playing in the slot, if Taylor's out for a few weeks, then it's clear and the conversation's over. It's Pettis, Debo, Hurd, Goodwin, Taylor, and Richie James. That means the odd men out and the two players cut are Jordan Matthews and Kendrick Bourne. Now, I've heard whispers that Jordan Matthews has been basically guaranteed a roster spot by Kyle Shanahan. And when they brought him in, and, and like it's like a, a handshake thing. We're like, yeah, you're making the roster, dude. That's done. And the coaching staff loves Kendrick Bourne. And Kendrick Bourne's a player who can, A, get open, and B, catch the ball. He had some, he's had some dropsies. He, he did in that last game. But generally, I've liked Kendrick Bourne's hands. He's not physically an impressive guy. Um, he's got some length. He's, you know, six feet, six one. He's, he doesn't have a lot of speed down the field, doesn't give you much after the catch. So it's like, I like him, and I think he has a place in the NFL. But again, I just don't think he fits in here. He, if he's a reserve, he doesn't have a lot of special teams ability. I think he played 20 snaps on special teams last year, and then, you know, they weren't, he's, he's not a core special teams guy. To me, it's very easy to keep Richie James over Kendrick Bourne because of that reason. His value when he's not a starting wide receiver. And also his potential to be something maybe a little bit more. And, and to give you some value as a player who can catch and run and, and with his athleticism and like the way he runs routes. So he can get open too, just like Kendrick Bourne can. So to me, it's easy. It's Richie James over Kendrick Bourne. The question here is, 
Jordan Matthews in that slot position. So that's what I'm going to be watching closely. But for me right now today, I'm keeping six. It's Pettis, Debo, Hurd, Goodwin, Taylor, and James. But the 49ers might have an opportunity. Keeping only two quarterbacks, you can maybe keep that seventh wide receiver. So maybe Jordan Matthews or Kedrick Bourne is that guy. Where are we out on time here? Okay, take a quick break here. We'll get to the offensive line, and then we'll get to the defensive side of the ball. Listen up, guys. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance, get that extra confidence with Blue Chew. That's like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the very first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. If you could benefit from a little extra function, maybe a little bit more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps your follow through. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, so they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Pay just $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. The offensive line is pretty easy. The starting five is already set, so that's five, and I've got nine total and I think one player that's going to make the 53 is actually currently not on the 49ers roster. I think they're going to make an addition, whether it's a late trade, whether it's draft picks or a player-for-player player trade, or maybe they pick up another guy that they really liked that gets waived from another team and they pick him up after the final 53 cuts around the league. But there's one spot that I'm reserving here, and it's the only spot like this in this whole projection that I have a blank spot because I think it's a player who's not around and I think I'm okay with cutting the rest of the guys and leaving that spot open right now. But the obvious starters, we've got Joe Staley, Lake and Tomlinson, Weston Richburg, Mike Person, and Mike McGlinchey. Uh, the next lock after those five is Ben Garland, who's been playing center in place of the injured Weston Richburg, and he might have to be that starter in week one if R- Richburg's not ready. And they even held him out of that last game, which tells me they didn't want to get him hurt, and they included him in the starters that were sitting. So Ben Garland's a lock. He's your sixth offensive lineman. And again, I have that blank spot for, I think, someone who's probably going to be a swing tackle type of player, maybe. And then there's two spots left. Sean Coleman going on IR, and we saw Najee Turan playing right guard and then moving in and playing some center, which tells me they like him a lot, and they're trying to see if he's versatile enough to maybe be that second, third center, depending on where Richburg is at. And then Daniel Brunskill who had a pretty good game, and he played guard, and then he kicked out to left tackle. He's built more like a guard. I don't know if I would trust him to be your only swing tackle, which is why I've left that one spot open. But right now, and this those last couple of spots probably are going to be in flux here, and, and there's a nice battle going on for those spots as the preseason goes on. But Daniel Brunskill, I think, is that last offensive lineman that I would take today. I know he got a nice PFF grade for his performance in the in the first preseason game. And he has that versatility, played a lot of tackle in college. Um, I, I, I still think he's shaped more like a guard, feel better with him playing guard. But Daniel Brunskill, he's my ninth player with one open position, which I think is going to be a swing tackle type, much like how they traded for Sean Coleman last year. So 
if you're following along here on the offensive side of the ball, the major cuts were C.J. Beathard, Jordan Matthews, Kendrick Bourne, uh, Joshua Garnett, and Willie Beavers on the offensive line. Uh, Willie Beavers was the guy who jumped in for Sean Coleman when he was hurt. I don't know if I loved what I saw there. Uh, Joshua Garnett, it's just it's time to move on from Joshua Garnett. It just is. Defensive line. This position is stacked, but there's 10 players that are that are just very easy to keep. There's five of them that are first-round draft picks. You've got DeForest Buckner, Nick Bosa, D. Ford, Eric Armstead, Solomon Thomas. Obviously, Ford was the number one pick for another team in Kansas City. But that's five. That's easy. And really, the last five are also pretty easy. As, as talented as this defensive line is and as how good they played even in the preseason, sitting six of those players and all these other guys that might get cut, maybe snuck onto the practice squad, they also played pretty well. So this is the position, I think, if you're trying to trade for, say, an offensive lineman or trade from a strength to add depth somewhere else, I would be dangling some of these defensive linemen in trade. Or if I was a team that needed a defensive lineman, I would absolutely be calling the 49ers to see if I could swing something for one of these guys. But Ronald Blair, DJ Jones, Sheldon Day, Contavious Street, and Julian Taylor. There, I don't see how you can cut any of those guys because of how they've played, their talent level, and it was nice to see Contavious Street finally get on the field for the 49ers for the first time last week and, and showed off that strength. He's a very strong player. He was playing end, but I could see him kicking inside. And Julian Taylor, by the way, is up to 305 pounds, Robert Sala said. And so he's a straight-up defensive tackle now. We're not going to see him playing a much defensive end anymore. Linebacker. i gone back and forth on this position, and I think I landed on five linebackers with a very tough decision on that last spot. And I think the last spot, and it would still be five either way, but it's all about Malcolm Smith. Malcolm Smith either is your starting strong side linebacker or he's cut. I think those are the two options. And Dre Greenlaw showed flashes and he looked pretty good, but I don't know if the 49ers are ready to go that young and be like, okay, we're going to cut Smith and we're going to go with the rookie in Greenlaw and we're just going to roll like that. I'm just not sure the 49ers are ready to do that. And then there's the question of Alexander's health. Is he going to be 100%? Is he going to be on the field week one? And he might be on the field actually on Monday. It's going to be fun to watch Quan Alexander for the first time and see his speed out there on the field next to Fred Warner. So Fred Warner, Quan Alexander, Malcolm Smith, Dre Greenlaw, and David Mayo is your backup middle linebacker, and he's a special teams guy. I think that's my fifth, but this group could change because if Smith gets cut, now you're talking about Aziz Alshair, who made some nice flashes, made an impression for sure in that first preseason game. We'll see if that continues throughout the preseason. Then he might make it too difficult if he puts too much good tape out there because you know he'll get picked up by another team. But right now, Aziz Alshair is one of my practice squad guys. I think you could still sneak him out there as an undrafted free agent and go with just five linebackers, especially since the linebacking position now is very interchangeable. For those three spots, all of these guys should be able to, especially the reserve, should be able to play multiple spots. So you have more coverage there, which might allow you to keep fewer players. So right now I have five. So if you were counting along at home, that was 25 offensive players We've got 10 defensive linemen, five linebackers. That leaves us with 13 spots. Three of those are for special teamers. So we've got 10 defensive backs. And even with 10 defensive backs, there has to be a difficult cut there. And for me, the difficult cut is Adrian Colbert. And let me explain why. Well, let's go through the 10, and then I'll explain why Colbert is the guy who's cut. Richard Sherman 
Witherspoon, Kwan Williams, those are your three starting cornerbacks if you're considering uh, the, the nickel being the new starting defense and the base is your sub package, which I think the 49ers do and most of the league does now. Emmanuel Mosley, he's locked in. He's completely a lock in my opinion. He was the guy who was in for Sherman starting at left cornerback. He was the second nickel corner in for Kwan Williams with him being out last week. DJ Reed, I want to see him more outside. I I I would be willing to bet money we see him play some free safety as well in these next few preseason games just to solidify that depth which would allow you to cut a safety. So DJ Reed makes 5, then you have Jaquaski Tart, Tarvarius Moore, Marcel Harris, and Antone Exum. And yes, I'm going to keep Exum over Adrian Colbert just because I think he's a better player. I've just seen better play out of Antone Exum and I trust him more. And DJ Reed allows you to be that flex free safety that can play free safety for you and be your number three free safety or actually number four free safety because you play Exum out there or maybe number five free safety because you play Tart out there as well. And with Jimmy Ward's injury history, I think you do have to have a number of safeties that, that are potentially uh, able to play out there. Tart's had some injury history. So has Marcel Harris. So that's the way I'm going with it now at DB. Sherman, Witherspoon, Williams, Mosley, and Reed at corner. Reed could play some safety for you as well to go along with the safeties in Ward, Tart, Moore, Harris, and Exum. And Adrian Colbert's the guy that gets cut, and I'm sure he would get picked up by another team and not be a practice squad player. Uh, so those cuts on the defensive side of the ball that were the most difficult, along with Colbert, Elijah Lee, linebacker, I just haven't seen enough of him to worry about cutting him and be upset if he's not on the 49ers roster as a depth piece. Mark Zacha, his position's just gone. What he was able to do last year, and I know he's a pretty good special teams guy, so that might be his saving grace and maybe the special teams coach, which usually every year special teams coaches around the league get to say, hey, I'm keeping this player. They get that one guy where they're like, I need this guy on my special teams unit as a as a coverage guy or whatever. And Mark Nazacha could be that guy, although, you know, genuinely it's been Raheem Mostert's been that guy for the most part. But Zacha could be the guy, uh, maybe... David Mayo is that guy for the 49ers. So we'll see. There's some there's some wiggle room there when it comes to special teams. Greg Maben gets cut. That's kind of easy. Dante Johnson gets cut. That's very easy. And Demontre Moore, as good as he played, and I liked him in college, and it seems that he has a little fire lit under him, which was the real thing coming out of college with him, and, and he's got talent. And maybe if you do that trade I had talked about earlier where you're able to move one of your defensive linemen, maybe you add an offensive lineman, maybe you could keep DeMontre Moore there and have an extra pass-rushing defensive end on your team. But as of now, for me, in this projection, he gets cut. That's going to do it for this episode of the show. We've got a game on Monday. We've got another podcast before that. We're going to do a mailbag for that show. So if you got questions about my projected 53-man roster or any questions about the 49ers leading into preseason week two, hit me up for that Monday mailbag episode. Talk to you then right here, Locked On 49ers.